Welcome back, everyone, to episode nine of the Minot Business Podcast, presented by Bennett Creative Media. I am your host, Ethan Bennett, and today we have another lovely guest with us, uh, the sister of our first guest, uh, Liza Stremek. Liza, how's it going? Good. So we're going to get right into it, just like we always do. Start asking you some questions, the hard-hitting questions. Uh, so for people that don't know what you do, what does Liza Stremek do? You know, what is your, what's under your umbrella of things that you do? Okay. So I'm an optometrist, just opened up Eyes on Burdick, um, November of 2021. So we're about nine months old. So we're normal optometry clinic, do all your glasses, contacts, primary eye care, all that good stuff. What kind of sets us apart a little bit is we also do vision therapy. Um, and then we work a lot with brain injuries. So that's one thing that, you know, we've done some video stuff here and there, and we've talked about what sets you guys apart. So we're going to get right into it. What sets obviously what sets you guys apart, but why is it important as a business to set yourself apart from your competitors? Cause you know, you can go to any, uh, optometrist, but why is it important to differentiate yourself? Yeah. Great question. So starting off the bat, there are several other optometrists, um, in Minot. So we needed them to give people a reason to come to us. So big thing, um, actually took off way faster than we ever could imagine was vision therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, so basically for people that don't know what vision therapy is, is we train people to use their eyes. So we kind of take for granted, you know, you see 2020, you're fine, but there's, um, a lot of other visual skills that kind of go into seeing 2020, seeing clear, seeing a single image, all that stuff. And that's kind of what I was wondering is what is vision therapy? Yeah. So Okay. Give you my breakdown. I usually yep. give to parents, patients, whatever. Like I'm walking in your office. I'm like, all right, sit down me. for the consult Four big areas of vision that we need. So okay. tracking when we're reading, we need to follow along the page. Yep. Our eyes need to jump between words, lines, whatever. Okay. So that's one skill. We also need to follow moving targets, mm-hmm. playing baseball. Our eyes need to be able to track the ball. Yep. Um, we also have two eyes. We need yep. those two eyes to work together. So we see one, If they don't work together. We see two. So <laughs> it's pretty true. important thing. Um, third skill focusing. So we need to be able to look far away, up close all around. And that stays clear, mm-hmm. which we don't usually think about. Okay. Fourth thing is we do all that stuff. So we get this image in our brain. Our brain needs to know how to interpret that information. Okay. So those are all the fit four big areas that we work on. Um, that if you've had normal vision, you kind of take for granted, but they are some skills that can be taught. And sometimes people need a little bit of extra help. But if you got bad vision, then that's kind of when you notice it. Yes. But different than your glasses and contacts. So, okay. Yes. Oh, we so, know what it's okay. Like so to have therapy is kind of just like going into the office and actually working on it. Yes. Okay. So cool. they come in every week and work with me for 45 minutes and then they do exercises at home. So it's like a full training thing. So I saw the thing, I saw this thing online the other day and it's like, I don't know, it's a different kind of reading style where they like bold certain parts of the words. Have you seen that? And then like you can read mm-hmm. so much faster. I can't yeah. remember what it's called, but there's a website you can plug in like any uh-huh. word document okay. and then it'll bold like the first three letters of that word and okay. then like letter in the other one. So and it's, I read it and it was so much faster. Probably gives you a visual cue of where yeah. to point your eyes exactly. and track along the page. So it makes it easier, which is pretty yeah. sweet. Um, mm-hmm. So how did you, or why did you decide to become an eye doctor? I know we've had this story before, but let's yeah. tell it again. Um, why did you decide you wanted to be an eye doctor? How did you get there? So there isn't a super great reason. I got glasses when I was in the first grade and I had a pretty high prescription. So every year I went in, my glasses changed a lot and I always thought it was super cool. I loved going to the eye doctor. So I don't know, somewhere around the fourth, fifth grade, I was like, I want to be an eye doctor. And I was the weird person where that stuck and made it to college. And I was like, I still want to be an eye doctor. Really? So So did you ever, when you were growing up, did you ever think you wanted to go a different direction or was it always eye doctor? There are always other things that I kind of was like, ah, maybe this would be cool. Maybe that would be cool. But it always Mm -hmm. came back to, I want to be an eye doctor. Did you ever think the business side of things? So obviously you started a 
a business, mm -hmm. but did you think that, okay, I want to be an eye doctor and go work somewhere? Or when did that come into your mind that you also wanted to start your own practice? Is it a call to practice in optometry? Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, so that path wasn't quite as straightforward. Um, okay. so I grew up with a dad that owned a business. So in the back of my mm -hmm. mind, I was like, mm, that could be kind of cool. Um, going into optometry school, I knew I kind of liked the vision therapy and it wasn't okay. offered around here. So I was like, you know, seems like a good niche to get yeah. into, bring it back to my hometown. Cool story. But I didn't actually know if I wanted to do that. So I mm -hmm. would throw it out every now and again. People would ask me how to do it, but maybe. Yeah. Um, so went through optometry school kind of with that mindset, but. Cause where'd you go to school at? Arizona, Midwestern okay. University. Oh, how's that? So Living in Arizona. I loved it. Oh, it was great. Um, so would always throw out that idea, but really I never wanted to own a business. Like I, really? the rest of my family is very business minded. I mm -hmm. am not at all. Um, I liked medical stuff. I liked the medical yeah. field. I did not like business, but I still, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I yeah. threw out that answer. Okay. Um, in my fourth year of optometry school, um, you work under different doctors, kind of your mentors and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually had a couple different doctors tell me that's a terrible idea. Do not open a practice. Really? So I was like, oh. What was their reasoning? Pretty much. It's a lot of hard work. Um, like it's easier <laughs> try to find it someone is. that you can buy out, buy a different practice. Like don't start your own. There's okay. already so many don't do it. So at that point I was like, oh, like, is this a terrible idea? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of when I decided to do a residency where it's another year of training after you graduate optometry school. Okay. So it gave me extra experience with vision therapy and brain injuries. And it also gave me another year to figure out what I wanted to do. Okay. So the residency was on the vision therapy or was it on the business side of things? It was on vision therapy. Okay. Gotcha. But still gave me a buffer to like kind of figure out, do I want to open a business? But I was also, I talked to some different doctors in North Dakota looking for jobs. Okay. Um, I had job alerts for like five different States cause I had no idea yep. where I wanted to live or what I wanted to do. So I started that residency, um, private practice, did a lot of vision therapy. And about two weeks in, I was like, this is it. This is like my dream job. Really? Okay. But that job was in Kentucky and they weren't hiring. I didn't want to live in Kentucky. So that's where I got the idea. I'm like, I'm going to take this culture, how they treat patients, okay. how they built this practice, but I'm going to build it in my not. And that's where I kind of got the fire that, yes, this is what I want. I'm going to open a practice. So transitioning to one of my questions here was, why did you decide to start the business in Minot based on anywhere else in the country? Is that kind of it? Is that you just didn't want to live in Kentucky or did you ever think about going anywhere else? So it actually had a little bit to do with when I was finishing up my last year of optometry school, March of 2020 coronavirus hit and yep. I was finishing up my last rotation rotation got canceled and I had to move back to Minot. Okay. Um, so I spent four months here and that was the longest I had spent since I graduated high school. And I was yep. like, dang, kind of missed this place. Like yeah. I just had two nieces that were born. It was fun being near family and friends. Like the community has grown. Yep. Um, and so that's when the initial, maybe I actually do want to move back to Minot. Okay. Um, and no one else did it here. So it also was a really good market to bring that type of practice to. Okay, cool. And then I know you mentioned the vision therapy in the areas where you were not in North Dakota, mm -hmm. the way they treated their clients. And it was awesome. Talk to me about the importance of, you know, treating your clients, how they were treating them when you saw it. Absolutely. So when you go into a doctor's office, there is a level of trust that they have just because you're a doctor. Um, sometimes I feel like that gets taken advantage of, or you're not straight shot. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think just taking care of those patients exactly as you would a family member or a friend and always giving them the absolute best care, making sure you're being the best doctor you can, all of that stuff. Um, just the mindset of growth okay. of their employees, of the doctors, of treating every patient, giving them excellent care. So I want to transition back to the actual business side of things now. Okay. 
what did the process look like for starting your company? So you got it in your head. You're like, okay, okay I'm going to start this company. What did it look like from there? Did you have people helping you out? Uh, did you have someone kind of okay. start it for you? Because I know when I started mine, I had to figure out, okay, how do I start an LLC? How do yeah. I do all the accounting and all that stuff? So what did the process um, look like for you? First step was a phone call to Nathan. I'm yep. like, I think we need to start looking at some real estate. Um, so luckily I have two realtors in my family. Yep. So first big thing was looking at real estate, um, filing with the state. What else do we do? Oh, and then of course meeting with the bank. I need to make mm-hmm. sure that someone, I just graduated from school. I have a lot of debt. Make yeah. sure they would give me money. Um, and then something else I did is, well, I was looking into how do you open an optometry office? Okay. Um, something that's kind of hard to learn off of Google. Yeah. So I actually looked at consulting groups. Um, so oh, there really? are different groups that work with optometrists to start practices specifically. So I interviewed several different consulting groups and actually hired someone to help guide me through the process. Oh, um, so, so how was that process then? What was it like working with them? It was fantastic. Um, I definitely couldn't have done it without them. They saved us a lot of money for making mistakes. Um, and what do they teach you pretty much on what equipment vendors you should get, what frame lines you should do, what's the best layout, what's all of the best things, um, how you get credentialed with insurance companies, how are you HIPAA compliant, all of those things. I didn't even think about all those things. Yeah. But I suppose it's different when you're like a doctor and you got to go through things like that. Yep. And there's a lot of compliance issues, making sure you're following the insurance protocols, all of that legal stuff. They had already done the research and could direct me in the right direction. So. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So that, so you'd say that saved you a lot of money then? Absolutely. So how does that work then? If you're, do you just like pay them a one-time fee to come do it? Or is it like on a monthly retainer as you're starting or? So initially you paid them a one-time fee and they were with us from the day we signed the contract until six months after we opened. Okay. Um, And then they actually just started a new program where you can also go month to month with them. Okay. Um, And then you have full access to, it's like a team of like six people and they all have a specialty area. You can text them, call them, whatever. And they just kind of walk you through running the business. Yes. Okay, cool. So what are some obstacles? Obviously, it's still very, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know what the word would be, but you're still early on in the business, right? So what are some obstacles that you've had to work through or that you're currently working through? And how are you going about doing that? Because a lot of people when they start a business or think about starting a business, they don't really think about those kind of things. They're like, oh, I'm Mm -hmm. gonna be gung ho and I'm gonna make a bunch of money right off the bat. But what are some of those obstacles you've ran into? I think the biggest obstacle is growth and getting people in the door and being able to be seen. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've been amping up our marketing a little bit, getting on the radio. Social media has been huge. We need to do some videos here shortly again, Um, that sort of stuff. So pretty much just getting our name out there um, has been our biggest hurdle. And is that, is that something where it works if you get people in the door once or what is the, what's the one thing to get people there? Is it pretty much like, Hey, get them in the door and then they're kind of sold on, okay, then they get to see the space and they get to meet everybody there. Sometimes we have had a lot of that, especially where we get someone in the door and then they tell friends or they bring back the rest of their family or that sort of thing. Okay. Um, so that word of mouth has been huge for us once we get them in the door. What do you think? So the importance of word of mouth, you kind of just touched on it, but maybe go a little bit more in depth on the, the importance of word of mouth when running a business. So I think it's huge. So that is one thing where we always try to give people the absolute best experience possible. We want them mm-hmm. to get the glasses that they exactly want. We want to make sure everything's perfect because we know that if people are happy with their experience, they tell people. Yeah. Um, and especially in the day and age of Google, um, <laughs> that's one thing we've been working on is Google reviews because yep. that's where everybody goes. Um, so, you know, we always they have a good experience. We ask them to share and we build it that way. Let's dive into that a little bit more Google reviews. So that's one thing when I, 
work with a client. So it starts with the initial process and then mm-hmm. we film the videos, edit the videos. They're like awesome thumbs up. And then I usually send out an email after and say, okay, if you enjoyed this, here's a Google review. What does your process look like for getting those Google reviews? Almost the same thing. We okay. send out um, anybody that gets glasses specifically, we send out a text message like three days later, mm-hmm. making sure they like the glasses, letting them know if they need adjustments, come back in. Okay. If you had a good experience, leave a review. And so have you found that you've had good feedback from when you get these reviews? Yeah, we've had awesome feedback and people have been really um, receptive of that. And that's my one tip. I'll throw in a little nugget mm-hmm. of advice is you can you can preach as much as you want from your own business. Like my videos are the best. I'm the best. We're great. But when you hear it from other people like, oh, 100%. hey, so and so is awesome or hey, they the glass I got there are awesome. Really hearing it from other people helps a lot. And that's why yeah. testimonials go so far. Absolutely. And that's why in our waiting room too, we also have um, some of the vision therapy clients that I worked with when I was in Kentucky, they would write success stories, how vision therapy worked for them, what results they saw. So I have a little binder sitting in my waiting room of all of those stories, which is pretty cool. Just like, yeah, some like, almost like just little mini testimonials. Mm -hmm. Um, So what do you think is important to know when you start a business? So obviously a lot of these questions are kind of the same, but getting a little bit different because Really what we're trying to do is provide as much value for the people who are looking to start a business or going through the same thing that you're going through, I'm going through, and all the other people we've interviewed on the show. But what are some things people should be aware of when starting a business? I would think one of the big things that I thought when starting the business, or I think a lot of misconceptions people have, like when they talk to me about my business and they're like, how do you do it all by yourself? You don't do it all by yourself. Um, I think when you're starting a business, I mean, you're grinding and out, you are doing a lot of it, but you mm-hmm. can't be afraid to ask for help and to know when, like me getting the consultants, that was a big risk to spend all that money on these people. Oh, yeah. But sometimes you have to do that to make sure that your business is successful. Um, so yeah, you're gonna do a lot by yourself, but don't do everything by yourself. Know when to ask for help. So where where have been some areas that you've asked for help? Is this is this are you asking for help for, you know, obviously I know Nathan, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure has helped a ton, yep. but Is that things where you ask for help on actual physical tasks or you ask for help on like ideas and how do I go about this or a little bit of both? A little bit of both Um, ideas and marketing. I ask for help a lot Mm -hmm. from Nathan and also his assistant, Cammie. So she helps me a ton with that marketing, coming up with ideas, what we should post, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also tasks. Um, So one thing Nathan had to get after me when I first started, he's like, there are things you can delegate. Don't do it all yourself. Yeah. Um, So knowing what tasks are important for me to do or what tasks I can have Kyler do um, is also helpful to balance my time. Those, those high value activities. Exactly. That's one thing I read a book a couple months ago. It's pretty much explains that you need to focus on your high value tasks and Mm -hmm. then, you know, delegate the other ones, like you just said, um, because if you're not making money on those tasks, then why be doing them? Yep. Uh, So you talked about marketing wise. What do you think in 2022? Why do you think marketing is important? Give me your take on marketing. Because people want to know who you are. They don't just want to go to a random person. Everybody wants the story behind it um, and to know you as a person. Um, So giving them that contact so that they can trust you. They feel like they know you and they walk in the door is huge. Do you believe in the seven pieces, the seven points of contact marketing thing that people say? Yes. They have to touch people seven times? Yep, absolutely. It seems like a lot of times, doesn't it? It it does seem like a lot, but... But it makes sense. The amount of times you ignore things and don't really process it the first couple times. So and then you're like, wait, I have some. If I see an ad yeah. for some stupid yeah. piece of, I don't know, camera gear or something, and then I see the seventh time, it's probably mm-hmm. around the seventh time, then I'm like, screw it, yeah. I should just buy it. Yeah. I just randomly, it was Prime Day the other day, and I randomly bought like a kitchen 
uh, clock. Like you set it down and twist it and it turns it on. And I saw it on TikTok <laughs> yeah. like 15 times. Exactly. And then I finally saw it and I was like, whatever. Same I'm with the it. stupid Facebook ads. First yeah. couple times you ignore them and then you're like, well, maybe. It's like, gosh, I keep seeing yeah. this. Uh, so one other question I had for you. When you're starting a business, you kind of have to decide, do I want partners? Do I want to go in it solo? Did you ever have to battle with if you wanted a partner, if you wanted to find another eye doctor to work with? Or how did that go about? Or were you always like, hey, I'm going to just do this myself? I would have loved to have a partner, actually, but I didn't really have the, a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I know eventually I want to have someone in the business with me. That's one of my big goals is to okay. have another eye doctor working with me. Um, but it just really wasn't the right fit starting off. Okay. Did, was there any like searches in the beginning where you're like, not really? No, not really. I suppose. Um, it's hard, especially in Minot. There were already quite a few eye doctors. Mm-hmm. Technically, we're considered oversaturated with eye doctors. Which uh, is so another everyone, reason I was told not to open. Everyone says every market's oversaturated, yeah, exactly. though, well, honestly. If you look at the stats, it's technically true, but it's, yeah. it's not. Um, so that was another reason to try to find another doctor that wanted to come to Minot and have two new doctors in town. I suppose. It didn't make a ton of sense from the beginning. I suppose. Uh, so a couple more questions here for you. What is your best of, well, I guess I kind of asked that one, advice for getting a company off the ground? And I kind of did already ask yeah, it, honestly. I, I think the biggest thing is marketing. Yeah. Getting your name out there. Have you found any marketing strategies that work better than others? Um, Facebook ads have been huge. I think our social media content, mm-hmm. um, social media content and referrals have been the two biggest sources. So when so, you're running these Facebook ads, are they like, lead gen so people are filling out uh you know you're getting their contact information or are you having them set up a, a meeting or how does that work for the facebook ads um they have options to message us um and then we mm-hmm. kind of go from there usually we direct them to our website and they set up an appointment from there okay so. cool so what are some wins so like have you ever had any i mean obviously it's still early but have there mm-hmm. been any big wins where you kind of like fist pumped and you're like okay awesome this is going or did you have any doubts in the beginning you're like ah is this gonna work and then something kind of clicked where you're like yeah I would say one of our biggest wins is the referral network that we were able to gain. So mm-hmm. coming back to North Dakota, I expected everybody to be like, what the heck is vision therapy? Yep. Um, so I had to go outside of my comfort zone, I'm not a public speaking type of person, but I did some speaking engagements when I moved back, yep. explained to people what vision therapy was. Um, and there were several occupational therapists, physical therapists, whatever that were super excited about it. Um, so our referral network grew way faster than okay. I anticipated. So we're looking to hire a vision therapist, which I didn't think think would happen for a couple of years. Um, so that's been that's a pretty cool experience. So how do you, and I'm sure you've thought about this, but how are you going about building that team? Are you taking some steps in certain directions where you're like, okay, how can we start adding different pieces? A little bit. We've thought about that a lot. Um, cause we recently re put out the ad to hire a vision therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just kind of making sure you get the training, right. Making sure you give them yep. um, that support to kind of grow, um, setting expectations, that sort of thing. What do you think the hiring process is going to be like? What kind of hire are you going to be? Like, what's the vetting process like? What are you looking for when, you know, you hire someone? So and that's the part where I lean on Nathan a lot. Cause I'm like, I have no idea yeah. how to hire people or even what to look for. Um, mm-hmm. So we got super lucky when we hired Kyler. That was just another word of mouth thing. Okay. Um, and he's been a great find. Um, we tried to hire a vision therapist actually a couple months ago and it did go super great. Okay. Um, so now we're just looking for someone that can be passionate about working with kids with making a difference in people's lives, different things like that. So we just need someone with an open mind and ready to learn basically. Have there been any big failures or not failures? Cause nothing's really a fit. We talked about this in the last mm-hmm. podcast. Nothing's really a failure until you stop, stop completely yeah. cut everything off. But have there been any hiccups where you're like, 
oh, that didn't work or, oh, we lost a lot of money there. We should learn from that lesson. Like we were talking about yeah. before this, I dropped a light, yep. $1,000 <laughs> light, dropped it, busted the whole casing yeah. unit. And it's like, okay, that's a lesson not to yep. skip out on the sandbags. But have there been any lessons for you like that? And I don't think there's been any big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, there are always little things that probably happen every week. I always call them learning curves, okay. you know, where we didn't quite do this right. So we lost some money on this job yep. or didn't submit this claim right. So we're not going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Those sort of things, but nothing super major. One question I skipped over actually is you touched on delegating tasks before. Uh Let's talk about being a business owner, an entrepreneur. Uh, You still have to work a lot. So have you found that like you're not really working, like you work eight to five or whatever it might be, but what are the extra pieces? What are the extra tasks that you've been having to do when starting this business? Have you had to work a lot of extra hours? Um. Yes. Um, so there's been a lot of evenings. I usually go in well before we start patients, put in hours on the weekends. And I think that's one of the hard things about being a business owner mm-hmm. is you never exactly feel like you're done working. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I should take this full weekend off, but I have some free time. I should go in the office yeah. and get more work done. Um, so that's been kind of a thing where it's like you don't need to have it all done today. Mm-hmm. You know, you always have your running to-do list that's never done. Never um, ever does and it ever knowing, stop. You know, you still need to have some sanity in a life outside of your business, but you do need to put in hours. It's the grind. So, so what would you say your favorite part of being a business owner is? There's obviously benefits to it. Mm-hmm. There's some cons, you know, some people like to just go have a steady paycheck, yeah. go in, leave, check out at five o'clock for the day and come back the next day. But what do you think your favorite benefits of running businesses? I think one of the benefits is being able to decide how I want to practice and how I want to do things. Um, because there have been other times where it's like, I don't entirely agree with that philosophy, but now I can change the rules. Okay. So um, it's just kind of nice to have the freedom to see patients and practice exactly how I want to, um, or to have the freedom to say we mess up on a glasses order and we didn't charge this patient enough money. I can be like, it was our bad. We're writing it off. And I can make those decisions of Mm -hmm. how to fix these things and different things. How have you had to have you, has there been a transition period of you kind of taking the burden for some of the mistakes that you make? Obviously as a business owner, Mm -hmm. everything falls on you at the end of the day compared to working, you know, for somebody else. How has that, how has that been for you? If at all? Yeah, I don't think it's been too bad. Um, It's definitely been a weird position to be in where like all of the questions come to you and you're expected to know all the answers. So there's been a lot of, I'll research that and get back to you type Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, But so far it hasn't been too bad. Have you suffered? So I know when I stuff, when I started my business, I suffered from imposter syndrome a little bit. Have you, do you ever go through that? (laughs) All the time. Okay. So, I mean, we're only... Nine months in, yep. I've only graduated from school less, no, two years ago. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, there's been a lot, um, especially with these referrals where these people are like, oh yeah, my eye doctor told me there's this new person, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, okay, let's see. So yeah, it's definitely been, I mean, I've had a great experience. P- patients have been awesome. Um, but a lot So of how do you get through when you're telling yourself that obviously the brain is a powerful thing? How do you battle through that when you're thinking, you know, I shouldn't be up to where other optometrists are? Yeah. I think it's just knowing that I've worked hard to be here. I've done a lot of research on it. Um, Mm -hmm. And knowing that if sometimes you're not going to know all the answers, but I'm still going to figure out the answers and give you the best care possible. So one question left I got for you here is uh, what is your North star? So where, where do you want to be? Is there other, 
avenues that you want to take the business. I kind of want to just see your future vision of, you know, eyes on verdict mm-hmm. in five, 10, 15, 20 years. So I already kind of mentioned one of the biggest things I want to do is hire another doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, having that collaboration with another doctor is huge for me. Um, so adding that so we can grow the practice, growing the vision therapy side of practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to have a couple different vision therapists there, maybe bring in some different specialties that can have kind of a multidisciplinary thing, occupational therapists, different stuff like that. So as far as the team goes, do you want to have a big team? Do you want to have a 50 person? That's a hard question. It's so hard to imagine right now. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Do you want to stay in Minot for? Yes. That was my follow up question. Okay. Yep. So I could see us maybe opening a satellite clinic. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of these people are traveling for vision therapy quite a ways. Um, so opening up a satellite clinic, if we see a need for it, I could see maybe in the future. So is that pretty much just like a office in a different state somewhere? Is that how uh, it works? Yeah, probably a different town, a couple okay. hours away, something like that. Cool. Awesome. Well, yeah. that's all the questions I got for you. Where can people find you, Liza? Um, so and Eyes on Burdick. Social media, um, either Instagram, Facebook, just look up Eyes on Burdick. It should just pop up right there. Yep. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate it. Episode nine of the mind up business podcast. If you like this, please like comment, subscribe, leave a review on Apple podcasts, Spotify, do all of the things. We really appreciate you guys listening and we get to share these stories, but Liza, thank you very much for coming on and we will see you guys next Wednesday for episode. What's that? What's next week? 10 episode 10 of the mind up business podcast.